Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody? Welcome inside the MRN studios here in Concord, North Carolina. It is another edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast. Presented by Whelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Celebrating all things grassroots racing, my name is Chris Wilner, MRN Pit Reporter. Kyle Ricky, MRN announcer out at the Stafford Speedway. K-Rick, seasons are ending in a hurry. I mean, I'm just checking off the different championships we've been celebrating over the last couple of weeks. We have another uh, several drivers being crowned champions, whether it's at the racetrack or if for a specific series. So we've had a big week across NASCAR Roots Racing. We'll talk about it all coming up in just a little bit, including William Sawalich will be back on the show, newly crowned ARCA East champion. The 16-year-old driver did it for Joe Gibbs Racing at Bristol. Kyle was down there, a part of the MRN crew. We'll talk about his win and have William on the show. Plus, we have our new NASCAR National Weekly Champion for NASCAR Roots Racing, of course, Connor Hall. Dominant season. We'll talk about his year. Plus, it's a big race weekend, Kyle, just north of where I am at here in the Concord, North Carolina area, way up at Martinsville, the Valley Star Credit Union 300, which will be on the Motor Racing Network. We'll preview that race. So let's get right to it, K-Rick. First off, how was your weekend? Uh, looks beautiful out there at Stafford right now. Has the weather been cooperating for you guys the last couple of weeks? You know we're in the final home stretch of the season when, one, we're talking about points and champions, and two, like 64 degrees out there right now i mean it's beautiful but it there's a there's a chill in the air here so you know we're getting down toward the end of the season the napa fall final here at the speedway this weekend right now i think there are 36 37 cars entered for that event um going to be a, a great weekend of racing we hope mother nature cooperates we also have our normal uh weekly five division program on friday night to kick off the weekend weather looks good on friday we have our fingers crossed for Saturday, so uh, hopefully Mother Nature cooperates here, along with, like you mentioned, the big late model race at Martinsville, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, we'll send good vibes your way for sure. A big weekend coming up at Stafford. We'll dive into that just a little bit in segment three. But let's talk about the week that was, as we typically do to start the show, and we'll start with the Modifieds, then ask her we the Modified Tour. The Eddie Partridge 256 at Riverhead. I mean, just... <sighs> What else can we throw at these modified drivers? We've had intense battles for the lead. We've had close finishes like we just had here at Riverhead. We've had drama in terms of championship leaders being stuffed in the wall. But this one uh, was a absolute gym dandy, as Tony Bachoven would call it, just between Justin Bonsignor, Ronnie Silk, the rest, Austin Beers was up front there at the end. What a finish at Riverhead. Always never disappoints, but this was another good one. Yeah, and I've always said uh, the modifieds on a quarter-mile relatively flat racetrack like Riverhead Raceway um, put on some of the best racing that you'll see just because of of what we saw the other night, the contact, the back and forth. Um, those Nerf bars were were definitely put to use uh, in all four corners of the, both of those race cars. 
And it was pretty cool uh, to, to watch the final 10 laps of that race unfold. Justin Monsignor picking up the race win. Mark Stewart picking up a second spot, uh, was able to sneak in and around Ron Silk on the final lap after all the beating and banging was done off of turn number two. Um, so kudos to one of the Riverhead Raceway regulars that competes there on a regular basis, getting a podium finish, finishing in the second spot between the two drivers that were battling for the win and the championship battle. So tight uh, with now just three races to go in their season. And it's three points. Justin Bonson taking Ronnie Silk. That's it. So literally he's going to come down to the wire. And I have a feeling this will flip-flop another two or three times before we get to the season finale. Justin Bonson, your fifth win of the season, Kyle. We talked last year. Remember the difficult start he and the team have had? They had to claw back from a huge championship deficit. We're able to come just short uh, last year at Martinsville. But this year things are a little bit different. They really haven't had a slump, as I guess you could call it. And right now, they're probably one of the hottest drivers on the tour. So if you're Ronnie Silk, you a little worried just about this stretch run, and it seems like they're peaking right at the right time? Yeah, uh, they have momentum. Like you mentioned, they're peaking. Uh, and Thompson's still to come. And we know Thompson Speedway here in Connecticut is one of the best racetracks that uh, Justin Bonsignor uh, competes at uh, or the tour competes at. You know, he just won there a couple of weeks ago. For the midsummer event, uh, he's got, what, 10 wins there maybe over the years, although it had been a while before the race win in August. Um, you know, he's always strong there. That'll help. North Wilkesboro, I think, is the biggest unknown. That's coming up in less than two weeks' time. New stop for the NASCAR Wheeland Modified Tour, uh, and then we'll wrap things up at the Martinsville Speedway, where I think uh, both Ron and Justin run well, and, and, and just going to be a matter of, you know, I think a, a good old race for the championship. Uh, you know, they're going to go into that event relatively tight, and it's going to be fun to watch and listen to here on Motor Racing Network. Wouldn't be surprised if the finish we saw at Riverhead would be the finish we see decide Absolutely. the championship uh, at Martinsville. So stay tuned if you're a modified fan, or heck, even if you're new to modified racing, keep in mind the last couple races here are going to be absolute thrillers. Uh, let's talk late models real quick. Jesse Love, obviously we talked about him several times this year as he – Pretty much has the Arkham Menard Series Championship locked up, although their season not quite complete just yet. Had a good run at Bristol, but he goes late model racing with the ASA Stars National Tour and gets the Glass City 200 race win, Kyle. Uh, not so much dominant on the late model side as Jesse as we've seen him in other forms of racing this season, but how big is a win like that when you get to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ty Majeski, who you pretty much have to pass to be able to win these races because you know he's going to be up front, but what does that do for a driver like Jesse, who's so young, still in his career, to get a major late model win like that. Hey, it's a huge late model win, and one of the biggest events, like you mentioned, the Glass City 200 has been around for decades now there in the Midwest, and the fend-off. A driver like Ty Majeski is huge. Uh, he's come up short here the last couple of weeks in the Arkham Menard Series, so it's good to keep that confidence high. I mean, a win's a win, whether it be in the Arkham Menard Series and the, in the National Series or whether it be in a, in a late model race in the Midwest in one of their biggest events uh, of the year in the Glass City 200. So, and to do it the way he did it and fending off some of the best, like a tie, confidence is everything, and he needs it right now, or does he? Uh, with still a couple of races left coming up, including a race at Toledo for the Arkham Menard Series in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, good tune-up for that race, for sure, for Jesse. Indeed. He's ran well before in the past on the Arc Menard schedule at Toledo, but good to see him pick up a win. And you're right, he is probably one of the most competitive people I've ever met, and I've had gotten the chance to spend time with Jesse plenty. He runs up at Millbridge in the micros, and he'll finish second in the micro race, which, again, for his career right now means absolutely nothing other than he just wants to win races, and he'll finish yep. second 
And it's like he finished second in the Daytona 500. It's like he takes every race so seriously. It's really cool to watch. And obviously the fire inside and the competitiveness is is fun to watch. So Jesse will be back in action, of course, with the Arc Menard Series. Let's talk late models one more time with the Hickory Motor Speedway Track Championship. We mentioned we're kind of checking off the boxes. We've had uh, Berlin crown their champions the last couple weeks. Well, now it's Hickory's turn. And last year we saw Landon Huffman. He came up second in the championship race here back on Saturday night, but it's Cade Brown winning the track title at Hickory Motor Speedway, of course, the place that so many NASCAR stars have been born and cut their teeth when it comes to late model racing. But congratulations to Cade. And then Chase Jones won the limited championship, the limited late model championship as well. Kyle, it's not been a, I guess, they haven't been out of the news a lot. They've always been in the news, Hickory Motor Speedway, some drama going on in the early part of the season, but uh, some good quality champions crowned this past week. Yeah, Kate Brown's come a long way, had a very consistent year there at Hickory, uh, excelled on those double feature nights that we saw the middle of the summer. Thankfully, I think, I haven't heard anything, but the, the last night of the year went fairly drama-free. And, and that's a good thing after what was a, a fairly rough start right up until probably, what, mid-June or so. I feel like every other week there was something happening, happening at Hickory that didn't put the racetrack or its competitors in a good light. And I'm glad to see that the second half of the season uh, was less eventful. And, and congratulations to Kate. I know he'll be at Martinsville this weekend uh, looking for that race win coming off a championship at uh, one of the most famous short tracks down in the South. That's right. So momentum building for Cade Brown, of course, gets to add his name to the wall of champions up there at Hickory, which is a very special place to have your name at. All right, before we get William Swalich on the on the line, he is standing by. Let's talk about the Arca Menard Series and Arca East duo down at Bristol Motor Speedway. For championship night for the Arca East Series, it came down to two drivers, William Swalich, Luke Fenhouse. But for William, uh, didn't really have to race Luke there at the end. Luke, unfortunately, caught up in an incident early in the race. And Kyle, uh, for William Swalich, 16 years of old, to already put your name as a Arca champion in the Arca East Series, what a moment and what a drive. And he capped it off with a race win as well. It's huge. And we'll talk to him about it here in a little bit. It's, and you want to ask him, all right, you're ready to go truck racing or Xfinity racing full time. And he's not old enough. He still has a couple of years before he can even really think about doing that full time, at least one more season. I think he turned 17 here in a couple of weeks, but it was a great race. Uh, not a whole lot of flow last week, at the Bristol Motor Speedway, 32 cars, 200 laps. 10 caution flags slowed the event. And like you mentioned, Luke Fenhouse uh, involved in not one, but two incidents, put that car out early and all but gave Williams a Wallach the, uh, the Arc Menards East championship well before the halfway mark of the event. All he had to do is finish. And he did so in a big way, taking the lead from Jesse Love in the final laps of the event to claim the win. Yeah. Walk us through you and Dylan Welch were on the call for the motor racing network for the finish of that race. Walk me through the battle between William and Jesse. Those two have always been together on the racetrack. Every time William's entered in either one of the Arca Menards National Series races or, or it's a combo event, you pretty much know Jesse and William were going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. We saw it at IRP, but what did uh, William do right, I guess, on, on Thursday night at Bristol to get the job done? I don't know if he saved the car, but he definitely had the fastest car in the closing laps. Uh, lap traffic wasn't really a part of the lead battle there uh, with 10 to go. Uh, Jesse slid up off of turn number two. William saw the hole, got up alongside, and by the time they got back to the start-finish line, 
he was able to clear him and, and pull away over the last few laps. I mean, usually like in the truck race uh, later on that night, we saw the lap traffic really become a factor in, in a battle for the race lead uh, and allowed Corey Heim to take the lead late and get the win. Uh, not really much of a factor uh, for, for the Arctic Menard Series, although they really didn't go green long enough for them to be a factor. Uh, a lot of short runs in that race. And uh, congratulations to William. Had a short run car in the closing laps on Thursday night. Yep, absolutely. William Swalich standing by. Don't forget the Arkham Menard Series East is now done, but we still have Arkham Menard's National Series as well as the West Series, both back in action on September 30th, so they do get a week off. All right, let's talk to William, your newly crowned Arca East champion, all things Arca, plus he's not done yet racing. He's going to be at that Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville this weekend, so we'll dive into it all. Coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Joining us via Zoom, your newly crowned Arca East champion of 2023, William Swalich. William, congratulations. It's been a f several days now since Thursday when you wrapped up the title, but what have these last few days been like now being a champion in the Arca Series? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely special to do that my first year with the Jacobs Racing Team. Uh, I mean, Friday I watched the Xfinity race just to try and learn more uh, about that racetrack and then Saturday and Sunday, I just relaxed and kind of soaked it in. And then Monday, I was back to work, working out and going to the race shops. And uh, today, I'm just doing the same. We uh, we talked about it right before the break. And we brought you in about the, the pass for the lead and the closing laps on Thursday night. Walk us through that move on Jesse there coming to eight to go. Yeah, I mean, I definitely knew I was faster. It looked like he was pretty tight center um, and then kind of snapping loose at the wall. So I knew it was a matter of time when I time I run and uh, be a little bit faster down the straightaway. Uh, I was definitely setting myself up for attacking entries, so then that would hurt my straightaway speed just a little bit compared to him. So I finally timed it up perfect and got a good run off of him. I think I packed a little air on exit, which helped as well uh, as killing his momentum and finally got the quarter panel in the end of three. And then I think we were side by side for maybe half a lap. So that was uh, good. He kind of took my side force away a little bit, but it was pretty fun. Going into the race, obviously the championship battle was you and Luke Fenhouse, and unfortunately for Luke, got caught up in a couple incidents. During the race, When did, were you aware of what was going on? Did you kind of figure it at that point you had the championship, or was it the attention still on just getting the race win? Uh, I mean, it was always getting the race win, even when the 28 was still in contention. Um, but it definitely helped free my mind up of not thinking about the championship anymore and just going on to win the race and be as aggressive as possible and don't have to conserve anything. It was a very busy racetrack. 32 cars took the green flag. I felt like the race leaders were in lap traffic by lap four or five. Uh, a lot of caution flags, 10 of them, mainly because of a lot of that traffic. How stressful is it at Bristol, battling for the lead, trying to maintain your position on the racetrack, and trying to thread the needle through lap cars that are scattered all over the surface? Yeah, it's pretty difficult. I feel like Bristol is the hardest 
track for lap traffic I've been to, um, even harder than maybe the dirt track where there's only one groove. And if you get out of it, you uh, can spin out for sure. And Bristol, it, you're going so fast, everything happens and comes comes up to you and closes up really fast. So you have to make your decision uh, when you're maybe a straightaway back of where they're going to be. And they're also unpredictable sometimes. And they might be trying to pass other cars. So then you kind of got to go through wide. Looking back now that you are officially the series champion, when you signed with Joe Gibbs Racing to run this 18 car in the Arca East series, and then obviously make some Arkham Menard series starts, there's been a lot of you know big names not only behind the wheel of that car, but also that car's been the champion the last three or last two years going into this year. So was there any pressure that you felt like knowing that like okay, I kind of have to. It's like championship or bust because you know this car's capable of doing it. Yeah, I mean. Like you said, it was definitely capable of doing it. It was just a matter of if I were to perform or not. Um, and I knew I could perform. And uh, we started off the year at Pensacola for the East Series with a win. So, I mean, that was just more confidence leading into the whole year. Um, and then I think we picked up three wins total in the East Series, maybe four. Um, so, I mean, it was a good year. And just every time we went to the track, there were there was never a time we weren't in contention to win. So, I'm really proud of that. And why do you think, that is obviously Joe Gibbs Racing, one of the best teams in, in the business, no matter what level. But I mean, eight races, four wins, your worst finish of the year is a fourth. I mean, just incredible numbers this year in the East. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing it for a while. They um, they know what to bring to the racetrack. And they started off with Ty Gibbs and Sammy Smith. And those are both two great race car drivers and built their notes off of them. Um, and then I can also look at their notes and uh, apply as a driver of what they felt and I mean, they've been doing it for a while now and been really good for a while now, so it's really cool to be there. 16 years old from Minnesota, and here you are as an ARCA East champion. I know there's been a lot of people in your corner and your support system along the way in your short but yet very successful career. I know Brandon and Dennis Setzer have been a big part of that with your Pro Late Model uh, stuff before you got up to the ARCA Menard Series. So they were, there last, they were there on Thursday night. How special was that to get to share that success with them that have been such a part of your career? Yeah, I mean, that was awesome. The people that started me out in late models, uh, there to see me get the championship. And to see them after was really cool. After all the success I've had with them in pro late models and late model stocks, uh, they have both taught me so much. Um, and they'll actually be in Martinsville this week with me. You've run six truck races this season, including at the Bristol Motor Speedway uh, the other night, uh, following your championship celebration, jumped into the truck. I think I saw you on pit road with an unscheduled stop under green with a handful of laps to go that unfortunately put you back in the running order. But uh, up until that point, how was the truck and what have been some of the big takeaways from running the truck this season? Yeah, I mean, the truck this year has been great. We've been in the top 10 almost every time we've been in the contention to be in the top 10. Um, Bristol in the truck is pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of trucks out there more than ARCA cars. Um, so the dirty air is a lot bigger for me. Um, the difference is for sure very big. And uh, it's, I felt like it was a lot harder to pass in the truck race when we're all lined up on the bottom and everybody there is just so perfect. And you've got to really capitalize on any mistake that they could make in front of you. Um, but I felt like that race was pretty good. I think we're running 11th or 12th, not quite where I wanted to be. I wanted to be a little bit farther up, uh, but then we had a right front go down and uh, we had to make an unscheduled pit stop, unfortunately. And then we had a lug nut loose and came off. So we had to come back down again. 
I know you've said in the past, and we talk about this season, not only just being a champion, but it's a learning process, right? Every series you work up to, you're, le- you're constantly being a student of the game and, and, and learning the different elements of racecraft. But I know you had said in the past restarts were something that, you know, something you wanted to work on, right? There's something that are key in every series, no matter what you're racing. How hard is it to replicate that and, like, try to practice for that? Or do you feel like that's just more of a race-by-race scenario? Because I know you wanted to work on that earlier this season, but, man, the last handful of races, you've just been on the money when it's coming to restarts on the ARCA car and including the truck as well. So how do you work on something like that throughout the season? Yeah, um, it's just repetition and seat time. Um, Even if you go into different cars, you're still thinking about what you want to work on, and it applies to every series and car you're in. Um, I feel like in the beginning of the year, my restarts definitely were not strong. And then um, towards the end of the year, they've gotten better. I still missed some shifts um, in the ARCA car, which I still don't know how that happened. Uh, maybe there's something wrong with the transmission. It just got stuck between the gates. Um, but I mean, it's just learning experience all the time. And I feel like uh, car to car, every restart is different. So to get those different perspectives will help you in the certain car that you're focused on. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Let's talk about the late model. Uh, this weekend, Valley Star Credit Union 300, Martinsville Speedway, only 86 cars are entered. Uh, so how do you approach the weekend and especially time trial qualifying on Friday night to kind of get the weekend off on a good note? Yeah, I mean, practice will be really important to get our balance uh, as close as we want it. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to have a good rotating race car uh, to rotate the long corners of Martinsville. I feel like it's a long corner for a late model stock because I've been to relatively short tracks in that car. So it's going to be a big track to be on in that kind of car. Um, but I feel like we're just going to want to be loose and uh, rotating through the center and have a good uh, wrapping exit for sure. And that'll set us up for good straightaway speed. Um, which that'll be really important in qualifying is good straightaway speed. Um, and then just position itself in qualifying will be important for how you line up for the heat races. And then if those go as planned, I think you're in the show. I'm not sure how many they take, but obviously yeah. want to be in top 10 area. Yep. Yeah, it'll be top 10 out of each of those four heat races will make the show. And, and William, when you look at the just the entry list, right, and, and you're certainly one of the favorites on that entry list, but 86 and we could be pushing 90 by the time we we roll into Martinsville Speedway later this week. But how do you, I guess, compartmentalize all that? Obviously, there's so many cars and anything can happen. But just how difficult is it on a race like this to make sure that you're just one in the show and then competitive up, up toward the front? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty difficult. A lot of those guys have been there before um, in a late model stock, but I've been there in a truck. Uh, so it's a little different, a little heavier uh vehicle and higher CG. So I'm going to feel a little bit different things, uh, but I'm sure I'll be used to it by the time practice comes. My final question for you is about the future. Uh, What's ahead on your calendar for this year beyond this weekend? We know you're going to be in Martinsville, but after uh, we wrap things up in Martinsville, any more truck rides left and, you know, we'll keep digging and go, what are you hoping for next year? 
Uh, so Bristol was the last truck series race I'll be doing this okay. year. Uh, I wish I could do Phoenix. That's one of my favorite tracks, but I'll be doing that in the ARCA car. And then the two other ARCA races before Phoenix I'll be doing is uh, Salem after Martinsville week and then uh, Toledo immediately after. Um, I'll also be doing Winchester 400 and the Snowball Derby. Awesome. So then when, it, when you look at 2024, I mean, again, you're 16 years old. So like there's not the full-time opportunities yet just by your age at the next level, but what do you hope to do for next season? Um, I mean, the same thing, win races and just get all the experience I can before uh, the following year when it's going to be very important to have all the experience and get my restarts better. Sounds like a plan. Uh, before we let you go, I always ask this to champions, and, and especially in our NASCAR you know, national series, anybody text you that you were like, oh, I wasn't expecting a congratulatory, congratulatory text from this person? I mean, did anybody reach out to you that you were like, oh, man, that was pretty cool? Um, I mean, I feel like everybody reaching out is pretty cool to see all the people that I've worked with uh, in the past reach out and say, hey, congrats. Um, I mean, I'm always being glad to work with whoever that is, so it's pretty special to uh, see that. Yeah, a nice reminder of all the people that have been in your corner. Well, William, congratulations, my friend. ARCA East champion of 2023 is not done yet. Maybe going to try to back it up with the Valley Star Credit Union 300 coming up at, coming up at Martinsville. Best of luck, and uh, we'll catch up with you up there in Martinsville. Thank you. I appreciate it. William Swalich, 2023 ARCA East champion here on Coast to Coast. Coming up next, we'll look at some news and notes and, of course, the calendar, some big races ahead here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. Great conversation, Kyle, with William Swalich. Of course, uh, you know, coming off championship, but it's eyes forward, right? We got a big late model race to win, the most prestigious one for NASCAR. And I think he has an opportunity to, you know, maybe go two for two here this uh, in the last 10 days and pick up a checkered flag coming up on Saturday. No, absolutely. Uh, and we talk about it every week, momentum. Dylan Welch and I, we were in the booth of the Motor Racing Network last week for the Arkham Menard series race and the East championship race. And we were talking about how these drivers get seemingly younger and younger and younger every year. I mean, every once in a while you had a 16 year old sneak in there, but I'm looking at the list and it's 16, 17, 16, 17. It's like, you know, every year they get younger and younger and, and that's good for the future of the sport. I mean, there's definitely a lot of talent coming up through the ranks and, and the ladder system that NASCAR has put together, which over the last five years has included the Arkham Menard series and the East series. And, and uh, you know, Williams on a, a pretty good path right now with one of the best teams in the sport to, to be around this industry for a long time. And like you said, too, the fact he's just 16 and, you know, next year being 17, you still can't run full time in like right. the truck series or, or Xfinity just because of your age. So uh, he's going to have even more an opportunity to learn, probably dominate in ARCA. And he'll, I'm assuming going to run at least most of the ARCA Menard series season again and uh, and more truck and maybe even Xfinity starts on a part time basis. But he gets an extra year 
before getting thrusted full-time into one of NASCAR National 3 Series. So he's going to be even better than what we saw this year. So it'll be fun to watch. Good stuff from William. And again, thank you, William, for joining us on the show. All right, he mentioned the Valley Star Credit Union 300 coming up at Martinsville Saturday. It'll be on the Motor Racing Network. The 200-lap late model feature going for $32,000 in addition to that coveted Martinsville grandfather clock that so many drivers want to win and so few have actually had a chance to take one home. And Kyle, what do we think? You get 86, I think, is the number right now in terms of the entry list. It could grow to maybe 90 by the time, you know, trailers unload for practice coming up later this week. It's a huge event and one that's been around for quite some time, and it's one that everybody wants to win. There used to be a halfway break, a 200-lap event. They would throw the caution at lap 100 and kind of reset things. It was more of a, of a competition caution, allow drivers to, to make adjustments. Now there's a couple of those, and that I'm hesitant to, to, to pick a winner because of it, because the final competition caution comes with 25 laps to go. I, you know, it could take an hour and a half to run that last 25 laps, the way this race has played out in the last few years. Um, I don't think we're going to see what we saw in 2019 when Josh Berry led wire to wire and won by, you know, half a straightaway, it seemed like. But there's a lot of great drivers in the field. Connor Hall, you know, we talked to Williams Wallach, Mike Looney, a former race winner, Cade Brown, Brendan Queen, um, Landon Pembleton, Carson Quaffle, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, every big name in a late model in the South and from other parts of the country are entered. And it's going to be a great race. The big event, uh, you know, starts on Friday night. Just trying to put yourself in good position to qualify into the race because about half of the competitors are going to miss the starting field. Yeah. And, and again, it's so critical to get through qualifying, but more importantly, get a top 10 in those four heat races to lock yourself in. The only driver, there's only one that is knowing he's going to race on Saturday night for 200 laps, and that's Peyton Sellers just by virtue of being the defending winner entered yep. in the race. So for Peyton, not so much pressure going into the weekend, but it all starts with practice again Thursday, and you have Friday as well before we get to Saturday's 200-lap event. And, of course, that'll be on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up Saturday night, yours truly will be in the turn with Dave Moody and Alex Hayden in the booth and Steve Post on pit road. So it should be a good fun time. Late model racing at Martinsville doesn't get any better than that. And like Kyle mentioned, 25 laps sprint to the finish here. Buckle up. So what you're saying is I should have my trouble calls ready, right, Kyle? <laughs> With 25 to go. I think the first 175, it'll be pretty calm. Yeah. But those last 25 could take all night to run. So hopefully not. Hopefully it's you know fairly clean and green. But there's a reason why that caution is coming out with 25 to go. We have fireworks off the track. Remember last year, Andrew Grady with oh, yeah. puffs through the window of Davey Callahan. And, and he actually spoke about it this week, kind of coming up on the one-year anniversary as uh, Andrew goes back to Martinsville. He says, don't want to do that again. He said, I didn't know it was a big deal until I think it was Shannon Sharp from the NFL uh, retweeted him. And then Mike Tyson retweeted the post as well. So uh, viral video, not for really the right reasons, but Andrew said uh, hopefully this year goes a little bit better. So Best of luck to everybody down there at Martinsville coming up this weekend. Uh, some other news and notes, Kyle, before we wrap up the show. Lane Riggs making his NASCAR Xfinity Series debut for Colleague this weekend at uh, the Texas Motor Speedway. He'll be at Vegas and Martinsville as well in that Colleague car. What do you think? Top 10s and two of his first two Truck Series starts for two, two different teams. Can he do the same in the Xfinity Series? Uh, oh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's a fast racetrack. It's a it's a deep field uh, with the Xfinity Series. Uh, I think it's the fastest racetrack that he'll compete on. Um, I, I think he's capable, no doubt. Um, 
it's going to be tough, you know, right in the middle of the playoffs. I mean, race number two for the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs. A lot of teams have a lot on the line. It'll be hard for him to get up there and mix it up in his debut. But again, we talk about the ladder system. And we talked a little bit last week about how this is the, the point of the season where you see a lot of these young drivers begin to sprinkle their way into some of these late season races, maybe in preparation of next year. We see it a lot at Phoenix. We'll see it at Texas this weekend. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, he's able to do here on Saturday afternoon. Top 10, I'm not sure. Maybe a top 15. Okay, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Okay, so talking about Lane Riggs. Now, if we talk about Carson Quapple, who finished 12th in the truck race at Bristol in his debut, kind of sparks a debate. Who wins in oh, one boy. of NASCAR's premier series first when they get there? Lane Riggs or, or, or Carson Quapple? I'll put <laughs> oh, you on the hot seat. You are. Um, second week in a row. I'm going to say Lane Riggs. I like his confidence. I like, uh, you know, he's done. I, I've liked what I've seen out of him in the first couple of races that he's run. He's finished. Doesn't seem to find trouble much. He's got, you know, has had good equipment. We'll see what he can have here going forward. And, and you know, obviously that depends on what uh, what the future looks like for him. But I think he gets the victory lane first. For the sake of argument, I'll say Carson Quapple, but I bet there you will come back to those two for a race win at some point. They're on the same trajectory as far as their path, although Lane has a few more starts in the National national Series than Carson, but it won't take Carson too long, I think, to get acclimated. A uh, couple other note, news and notes, Daniel Dye, he is going to make uh, as well a Alpha Prime Racing Xfinity Series debut at Texas, Las Vegas, and Phoenix. So Daniel Dye joining the ranks as well with Lane Riggs, making the jump up to the Xfinity Series. And then Frankie Muniz, Kyle, we talked about it earlier this year, had a great run and still continues to be uh, in the top five in points in the Arkham Menard Series. But uh, solidifying his future for next year, saying, I will be back in ARCA. But he also says some truck races as well. What can you maybe tell us or what do you predict for Frankie as he continues to grow in the NASCAR side of things of his racing career? Yeah, back to fourth and points. It's been a tough stretch here for Frankie. We talked about that on the broadcast the other night as well. I think he's on a streak of three DNFs and four consecutive finishes out of the top 10 in the Arkham Menard series season. So he kind of needs a, a boost of confidence. But yeah, he says he's back next year running in the Arkham Menard series and also wants to make some select starts in Xfinity and or truck. It's going to be good to have him around. I feel like uh, he's a he's a very busy guy in the pits. A lot of folks still know him as Malcolm from his show, what, 20, 20 years ago, maybe, or now or more. I mean, and Agent uh, Cody Banks. Don't forget about that one. That was a good one. I, Agent Cody Banks, you know, he he's, you know, got a, quite the resume, both on and off the racetrack. And, and he's great for the garage. I love when he's at the racetrack. Fun to talk to and just enjoys being at the Speedway as a competitor week in and week out. And uh, I'm, I'm excited that it uh, sounds like we're going to see a lot more of them next year. Absolutely. One of the uh, funnest guys to talk to as well. Always a good personality in the garage area and on the grid. So good to hear that yeah. from Frankie. And then Connor Hall, Kyle, our NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly National Champion. A runaway victory, but it was one like we've seen with many drivers that compete and end up winning the championship. You don't really know you're in the competition for it till kind of halfway, at least through the season. And Connor was ready to go on vacation back early in August before uh, people were telling him, hey, bud, you, you need to keep racing if you're going to go win this title. And then that's what he did. He went on a tear, won at Hickory, uh, run, runs primarily down here throughout the South, splitting different racetracks. But 18 wins, Kyle. No denying that Connor Hall is our national champion. 
Yeah, it was the last week of July that I think somebody brought to his attention that, hey, you might have a shot at this. And that's about the time where he started to rearrange his schedule. I don't think the vacation happened. 18 wins, 27 races, five different racetracks. Most of those wins, that is, came at the Langley Speedway. You mentioned he picked up a few at Hickory, Southern National. Um, 26 years old, going to represent the NASCAR short track world here in the next year. Uh, great champion. And actually he'll be in Martinsville this weekend as well. That's right. We'll see what he gets to do here at the Valley star credit union 300. When we go down there for Saturday night's big 200 lapper, of course, Connor also cars tour competitor as well. Yep. Uh, lots going on with Connor. We'll get him on the show here when we start crowning and, and welcoming our champions to, uh, I guess our championship series here on the coast to coast channel, uh, as we wrap up 2023. So congratulations again to Connor. We'll see you down there at Martinsville. All right, Kyle, a couple big races this weekend. One of them directly behind you at the Stafford Speedway. Your fall final, the Napa fall final. And we have some uh, interesting news as Matt Hirschman will be finally back behind the wheel after taking some time off to heal from a broken arm at, at Thompson. I think he's got to be one of the favorites if he's 100%, but Ronnie Sick will be there as well. What else can you tell us about your fall final this weekend? Yeah, Woody Pitcat will be here. Uh, there are 36 or 37 cars entered, and, and you mentioned some of the heavy hitters looking for the race win. Matt Hurstman, we'll see how he's feeling. Uh, first of all, you know, it's always tough when, uh, when, when you have all that momentum. He was coming off a win at Waterford, was running well at Thompson, caught up in that big wreck on the back straightaway, uh, breaks his arm, has to sit out for – you know, the better part of a month to recover. Came back last week, finished in the second spot. So I don't think he'll be too far off pace when he gets on the racetrack here on Saturday afternoon. But uh, a tough field. Uh, can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Uh, a lot of folks picking Woody Pitcat as the early favorite, uh, a multi-time open modified winner this season here at the Speedway. And, uh, you know, has, has always strong, you know, whenever the modifieds race here. So I think he's an early favorite, Ron Silk. The winner of the Spring Sizzler earlier this year, the winner of this fall final a year ago, also going to be a favorite along with Matt Hirschman and a host of others. Yeah, Ronnie actually seeking his third fall final win as well, and yep. so a lot of momentum as well for him. Uh, NASCAR Pinty Series, Kyle, man, hard to believe, wrapping up their 2023 championship season at Delaware for their fall brawl coming up on Saturday. What a season it's been. We've had close finishes. We've had drama in the tech shed. And we've had a good championship battle, but it looks like, all things considering, that Trayton Lapsovich will uh, be crowned champion, dis I guess barring a complete disaster at Delaware, leading Mark Antoine Cameron by 35 points going to the finale. But Delaware's a good racetrack, and it should provide some good racing as well for this title fight. Yeah, perfect racetrack to end the season. They have a good field of cars entered. They've had a good field all year, and I love the NASCAR Pinty Series. I know we've talked about that quite a bit here this season. They always put on a great show, but it's hard to beat a driver with six wins and a relatively short schedule, and you know, Trayton Lapsovich has done just that. Started early in the year by winning a couple in a row and, and never really looked back, never had a misstep all summer long, even with the West Coast, or as they call it, the West Coast Swing with those midweek races, uh, the double features of some of the racetracks. Um, you know, he's been consistent, and that's why, unless, you know, there's a pretty major issue this weekend, uh, he'll be the 2023 NASCAR Pinty Series champion. Looking forward to it. Again, Pinty's at Delaware for the fall brawl to wrap up their series coming up on Saturday. Some other local racing around the country. Four Crown Nationals at Eldora, if you like the dirt. Some NASCAR roots drivers involved with that. Riverhead Meridian and much, much more. Kyle, final thoughts before we let our folks go. 
Yeah, we're getting down to it. The Seekonk Speedway, final couple of events of their season as well uh, in Massachusetts. Also, congratulations to Justin Bonsignor and wife Taylor. Just announcing uh, yesterday as we tape the show that they are uh, expecting their first child before the end of the year, I believe in December. So congratulations to those two. Well, definitely hopes he can grab that wheel and modified tour championship. Now it could put it right next to the crib. Right. This year. What an accomplishment that would be. Congratulations to Justin. All right, folks, that'll do it for NASCAR coast to coast here presented by wheel and engineering. Don't forget the Valley star credit union 300. You can hear it live on the motor racing network, 6 30 PM Eastern time on Saturday night for the 200 lap feature. Of course, we'll be paying attention to what happens in qualifying. And of course those 10, uh, four 25 lap heat races for our top 10 that'll get locked in to the big 200 lappers should be a good one again we'll be on the air 6 30 eastern on saturday for that event all right for pat jaggers our producer for kyle ricky out there at stafford my name is chris wilner thanks so much for tuning in to nascar coast to coast presented by our friends at wheel and engineering on the world road in the air and around the world wheel is trusted to be seen trusted to be heard and trusted to perform enjoy your week the nascar season is here and toyota racing is looking for clashers did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Speaking of racing, and of course, we'll talk about it all next week.